Four and three and two and one. Welcome to Hello, the Silver Grind. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully good. We have, we skipped last weekend, but we are, or last week, rather, but we are back again with another incredible and hopefully helpful topic for you. Do, do we even remember why we skipped last week? You were at the doctor's. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> okay. Important life things. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you didn't miss us too much, but we're back again, as always. Today, we're talking about, what are we talking about, Patrick? Integrity. Integrity. In recovery. Integrity in recovery. What do you mean by that? What do I mean by it? There's yes. so much to say. Yeah. Um, okay, well, for one, what is integrity? What is integrity to you, Austin? Hmm. Having strong moral values. Okay. But And sticking to them. But going more deeper, you know, um, having strong moral values, what does that consist of? When, what does that like mean? Does that mean like doing the right thing? Yeah, doing the right thing, mm -hmm. um, being a good person, um, do unto others as you want to be uh, done unto done you. Unto, okay. The, golden, so, the yeah. golden rule. So I can say this. Um, when it comes to integrity and recovery, it's, it's of vital importance. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I, I believe that um, obviously when we're kids, you know, depending mm -hmm. on who you are, doesn't, you don't even have to be somebody that's in recovery or an addict or alcoholic to substances. But when we're kids, I think we learn the difference between right and wrong, sometimes by trial and error, sometimes by uh, people teaching us, you know, what we're supposed to do, and sometimes right. by, by us doing what we want to do. Mm -hmm. For example, you know, like our mothers may say, don't uh, climb up on the countertop and put your hands into the cookie jar. Mm -hmm. But the cookie jar is there and it has cookies in it and kids love cookies. Very tempting. It's extremely tempting. It still is. Especially when it's really delicious cookies, <laughs> like the soft, chewy chocolate chip cookies. So yeah. I can't, uh, I, I remember countless times when I would look from side to side, make sure nobody was around, and climb up there and just go get one cookie with the thought of, well, there's probably 35 cookies in there, and no one's going to count them if one is missing. I still do that. I, do you still do it? Okay. <laughs> you still do it. So basically, I've been told as a child not to do something, mm -hmm. and I'm totally sneaky about it, and no one's seeing me do it, so I'm getting away with doing it. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I get this amazing thrill out of being able to taste the soft, chewy chocolate chip cookie and putting it into my mouth and just chewing it up. I'm just like enjoying every little piece of it, right? But the point is, is that I was told not to do that. Right. And it was wrong. Mm -hmm. So what happens to us as we're growing up, uh, for me personally, on a personal level, there was, I had become this defiant young man. And I remember, I don't know how this defiance started. I, I believe there's certain components to my lifestyle of, uh, events that happened to me that made me become more and more defined and kind of just mm. like say I don't care anymore I don't care what people try to tell me I'm tired of being lectured I'm trying to be redirected I'm trying to have people constantly telling me what to do I'm going to do whatever I want to do and I'm going to mm -hmm. do it with no mercy you know so that usually got me into a lot of trouble where do you think it stemmed from? I think that um, I think obviously because of bad habits as a child okay. when I was told not to do certain things and I was a very curious child I would just do them anyway. Just form these rebellious habits. Form these rebellious habits, but also due to a series of events that happened mm -hmm. into my adolescence. For example, the car accident that I had where somebody had um, been hit by me uh, mm -hmm. as I was driving and then they lost their life about four years later. I ended up um, going to juvenile hall mm -hmm. and being amongst a lot of uh, hardened young 
adolescent, mm -hmm. defiant individuals. Um, they were devious. They were scandalous. They, they came from uh, very lower class families, many of them. So uh, their style of life was sort of, they were like little gangsters, you know. They were gangsters in the making. So, um, so I was around them, and I remember thinking that since they put me, if they, I remember thinking this as a young 17-year-old kid, if they think by putting me amongst this population of people is going to change me, it's not disciplining me. Mm -hmm. It's it's just going to make me worse. And sure mm -hmm. enough, and, and it wasn't like I had this uh, grand plan to get out of there and go and like ruin the world. In reality, I... I Evil pish. It was like there was a good side of me, kind of like right. a little angel on my shoulder and a little devil on the shoulder. And the angel would say, you know, if you walk a straight line and do the right thing and be a good boy good things will happen for you. And the little devil would say, but you know you're really tempted to do things. When you get, you like to get high. You like to drink, right? So I knew the difference between wrong and right. It depended on which wolf I would feed, the white one or the black one. So gotcha. regardless, so I think it stemmed from a very young age. Um, I, yeah, I just want to touch on that a little sure. bit. Um, then we can go back. So mm -hmm. um, in in general purposes, so you see, see uh, television shows like Scared Straight. Yes. Do you think that approach affects most people or most people have uh, kind of your mindset that it that it doesn't work and it has almost an adverse effect I think there's people who that behavioral modification trying to scare it into certain people I think people that are extremely full of fear and uh, get scared easy definitely mm -hmm. it could change their lifestyle and mm -hmm. they they might come to the realization that, okay, I made a few mistakes. Now they're showing me like somebody that's like spitting in my face and yelling at me and telling me how I'm going to turn out like them and they're criminals and they're locked up in the penitentiary for all these extensive amount of years. I'm going to start being good. Not always. Mm -hmm. If you watched, I remember watching Scared Straight and then they showed them like 20 years later. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and they showed like a lot of the kids that went to that jail 20 oh. years later. Uh-huh. And... A, more than half of them ended up in prison anyway, regardless. Wow. So it was like maybe it scared them straight in that moment or mm -hmm. for the next few weeks. But a lot of them, everyone's got their own journey and their own path. Yeah. But back to what it stems from, I believe that as children, a lot of times we have secrets mm -hmm. and we're very secretive. Sometimes uh, that se being secretive is taught to us by our family members. Mm -hmm. Make sure you don't talk about this. Make sure you don't tell them this. Yeah, don't Make tell sure, dad, don't uh, tell mom. Or don't let other family members know, right. realize like what's going on. It's embarrassing. You know, we, mm -hmm. have, we, have a, we have to save face. We don't want people to know. So we, we have this mentality growing up where we got to keep secrets a lot. Or we just, there's certain things that happen to us that we don't want it to get out. We don't want anybody to find out. Or sometimes there's just the, the thrill of me and you are, like, for example, two young kids, and we don't want those kids knowing about something that me and you have between ourselves that's our own personal little secret. So mm -hmm. we become secretive people. So a lot of times people wear a lot of masks because they have to cover mm -hmm. up the secrets. And when they wear the masks as they're growing up, that becomes their identity, a secretive person that's up to something but doesn't want anyone to know what they're up to. Now, this is pre-using drugs. Now, mm -hmm. when somebody like actually steps over into the drug world or the alcohol world and starts um, using and drinking, well, that becomes their secret because you know it's, it's a stigma. A lot of people look mm -hmm. down on drug addicts or alcoholics. So there will be alcoholics that hide their booze in the house right, from their family members. It's their mm -hmm. little secret. They go and they drink it. Little do they know that sometimes their own family members are measuring how much they drink. 
you know. Interesting. Or there's kids that are breaking into their, kid, into their parents' uh, yeah. alcohol cabinet and drinking their alcohol secretly and then topping it off with water so that they won't notice that somebody's been drinking their booze. Yeah, I just thought of this too, um, kind of going back to the, uh, the cookie jar example. Maybe they see a, a bottle of uh, pain medicine or prescription drugs mm-hmm. in the counter and say, oh, there's a bunch of pills in here. Yeah. They won't notice if I take one right. or two. Right. So, you know, they take one or two and then they right. need some more. So they take some more. Then they just take the whole thing. And then what happened to it? I don't know. No. But what's behind that? Now you're not only secretive, you're a liar, mm-hmm. you're a cheater, and you're a thief. Mm-hmm. In the recovery world, from my own experience, what I learned was that I had been living a whole life of secrecy. Mm. And uh, I lived it. Some people talk about a double life in recovery. I was the type of guy, and I think that methamphetamine does this to you, um, I had like many different faces. Hmm. Depending on where I was, what kind of mask I had to wear, if I was in a professional setting, I had to act like a professional, but nobody really knew that there's a total tweaker in the room, right? Hmm. If I was uh, talking to my mother, I had to put on the good son face. Like, but, you know. And what was that like? Sorry to interrupt you. I'm just trying to get in the mind like mm-hmm. what was that like in the moment because in, in it's your hard head, you because you have the, the, you have the it takes secret. a lot of energy to try to mm. play different roles for different people sure so but when you like when you feel you perfected it you mm. you're basically a fraud mm. you're acting a certain way to convince people that you're okay and they don't really know if you can actually play the role right mm-hmm. but deep down inside you know you're not right mm-hmm. so you're living a lie mm. and Shakespeare said to thine own self be true, mm-hmm. right? So you're not being true to yourself. You're not being true to others. You're living a lie. You're hiding things. You're hiding drugs. You're hiding your addiction. You're hiding your alcoholism and all these different things. Therefore, you have no integrity. Mm-hmm. You're just out of integrity. Like you just do not know how to act right and be a good human being. So, you know, integrity is a major virtue. If you actually, um, if a person has integrity, this is a great trait to have, obviously, because... To me, what I learned when I first got sober was um, integrity is like doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Hmm. In other words, just yeah. doing you know what's right. Like for example, let's say I'm in my addiction. I like that. That's a good way to put it. But, like, when doing I'm, the right thing. When, when no I'm in my addiction, looking. like let's say I walk into somebody's room and I happen to see a hundred dollar bill on the counter. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no cameras in the room and nobody's watching, um, and nobody really knew that I walked into this room because a lot of people walk through this room. If I took that right now, nobody would see. Mm-hmm. Now. It doesn't belong to me. But if I take it, then I have no integrity. Not mm-hmm. only that, but I'm stealing, mm-hmm. which is all kinds of dishonesty. So in order for me to have integrity, I need to be an honest person. I need to see the $100 bill and think, doesn't belong to me, none of my business, walk out of the room, don't touch it. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And don't go around and tell people, hey, I didn't take that $100 bill in there. Right. Because what yeah, is that? I don't need to prove myself. Yeah, you see, I, you see the social media videos all the time where... They, they film going up to a homeless person and buying them a new pair of shoes. Right. And then they put it on they put it on Facebook so that they can, you See, know, essentially make that money back. Right. Because they're, they're getting paid for the millions of There's nothing of righteous about that act. Well, no. thank you for letting us know that you were of service to right. other people. Yeah. The best thing would have been to not say a thing about it, right? Right. Um, Let me play devil's advocate, too. Um, sure. Uh, just curious on your, um, on your thoughts on this. What if you have... Um, uh, a skeptic's mentality. So you see that that hundred dollar bill uh, on a place. There's nobody around. Right. But you owe, you you've ingrained a mindset that 
maybe somebody is watching, maybe this is a test. Does that take it away from being true to yourself um, if, you, if you have the mindset that maybe someone's watching so I have to be good? That's a, I think it's a remarkable question because I think it all, that is geared and based around the person's character as it mm. is. So if the person and can that develop like a fake it till you make it thing? Sure, but you know, I mean, if a person really <laughs> is already inclined to having that mentality of wanting to steal because they see things that if they've been stealing a lot of things in their lives mm-hmm. and they're used to stealing, well, of course, like the way that their brain is functioning, it's probably the first thought is like, hmm, look at that, that's a lot of money right there. That's a mm-hmm. hundred ones, all in yeah. one, and I could do certain things with it. Yeah, I could take that right now, and no one would know. Oh wait. But what if they're watching? So it's all about the person's character. Like mm-hmm. in that moment, that could be their automatic reaction. Now, if you're a person that practices integrity on a daily basis and has a good mentality where you're pure, where you're at one with yourself and the oneness of you radiates and flows through your life and style of living, when you walk in and you see a $100 bill, you're like, you know what? It's not mine. I'm not going to touch it. As a matter of fact, maybe I need to find out whose it is so I can just give it to him. Hey, mm-hmm. you happen to leave your $100 bill out here. It's probably not safe. Somebody could take it. Just wanted to let you know you should mm-hmm. take it if if you could find the owner of it. Right. Otherwise, I would just walk away from it. Not mine. Can't mm-hmm. do it. Right. That's the right thing to do. That's having integrity. Gotcha. So I want to um, ask you uh, how you how you began to form your integrity, but I want to uh, talk to the audience and address them here. Uh, we have uh, hello from Muhammad. Hi, Muhammad. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, everyone else that's watching right now. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions uh, about your own integrity, maybe someone that you know or that you care about, um, or you just want to let us uh, know where you're watching from in the world, uh, we're doing this live, um, and it's the perfect opportunity to ask any questions that you may have about this topic or recovery in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, until any questions come in, how did you how did you first recognize that you needed to maybe form better habits, um, uh, work in integrity more into your life, and what were some of the first steps that you started to work on? Well, being that for a long time I used to run my life on self will, mm-hmm. running drugs, hiding drugs, sneaking things into places, um, carrying, transporting. Um, moving things around that were illegal and I should not have been moving them around. Already, I was just—I was basically a guy that out on the road, I was just my own secret. I was mm. a secretive guy mm-hmm. driving down the street with an agenda to get from point A to point B to get some kind of substance, whether I was transporting it to sell it, use it, whatever. Mm-hmm. That was just my lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all I knew. It was like that, that jailhouse street-style mentality was how I was programmed. It was mm. just all I knew because uh, I had to protect myself. And I didn't want to get arrested, so everything had to be kept a secret because if, heaven forbid, anybody finds out my secrets, they could tell on me and I could get in trouble because what I'm doing, it's all illegal activities. So mm. uh, I walk into rehab, the one and only time I went into treatment, and um, I remember that my counselor, that day we went to Ralph's together. We were in the parking lot, and... Um, a lady drove by in her car, and I made a, a very lewd remark to him. Mm-hmm. And he had told me earlier that he's been in recovery for like a certain couple of decades, and mm-hmm. that he used to rob banks. So I'm thinking, like, mm-hmm. I'm safe. To t- this guy's like the homie right here. Like, I could tell him stuff, right? This guy used to rob banks and get away with it. 
I, you know, t- I have no idea what integrity is, but mm. I'm sure that this guy does not carry any integrity, right? Mm. So he'd already like kind of presented himself. So I thought it's safe for me. Let's see that woman right there. Check her out. Look how she's looking at me. He's all, stop right there. You, you know, you have a certain view of women, don't you? Mm. And I said, well, what is that supposed to mean? You objectify women. I go, what does objectify mean? He's like, you view women as an object. Um, you're, you know, you have a lot of work to do. I said, okay, yeah, well, I don't know why you say something like that. Mm. She was looking at me. She wanted me. It's like, she didn't want you, man. It's your first day in rehab. Just stick around. Mm. I go, okay. And as, as I was talking to him, I'm smoking a cigarette. I smoked my cigarette and I flicked it in front of him, thinking, I always flick my cigarette. Cigarette hits the ground. Guy t- looks at me and goes, and by the way, you need to go and pick up that cigarette butt right now. I said, why? He said, because who do you think is going to clean that up? And I go, I don't know, some, I don't know, maybe some like Hispanic guy with a, like a leaf blower. Like they always do, don't they? Mm-hmm. Somebody, you know, those trucks that come around that have mm-hmm. the little things and suck up all the trash. Those guys. He's like, you're basically just ruining your universe. Like, why would you do something mm. like that? You're not contributing to society. You're just uh, spitting on it. And I said, mm-hmm. so what are you saying? I said, go and pick that up. Make sure it's extinguished and then go and throw it away. I said, okay. So this guy, being my counselor at the time, we would sit <clears> in groups. And this guy, the word integrity would come out of his mouth so much. Mm. And he would just give me so many scenarios and he would give other group members and people in the house so many scenarios to where the word integrity started to, to build up and, and gain and, and have meaning. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, because he would tell us, like, when you act that way, you're out of integrity. When you do this, you're out of integrity. If you're not supposed to leave something behind and you keep doing that, you're not mindful, you're out of integrity. If you intentionally did something without, like, to try to get away with something, you're out of integrity. So, you know, over a period of time, he said integrity so much that it got to a point where Austin, I kid you not, I'm driving on the freeway one day, about four months sober, Mm -hmm. smoking a cigarette, window rolled down, and I'm getting off the off-ramp, and I flick the cigarette out the window. And in that moment, I got to the light, and uh-huh. I thought to myself, I just did it again. Mm. I need to turn the car around and go back and find that. Did you get it? I went back, oh, drove wow. back, went and found the cigarette. <laughs> wow. Still lit. It was wow. still lit, mm-hmm. even. So it just goes to show that what that man was trying to teach me mm-hmm. was starting to stick. That's great. I was starting to feel it. So another thing, like, for example, you go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. When you load up your cart with a whole bunch of groceries and you go out to the car, you know, what, what is the right thing? Like, I go out there and I, and I like, just leave my cart there and mm. expect somebody else to do it. The yeah. right thing to do, to be a good human put being, it in the corral. put it in the car corral. Yeah. This is just character building, you know. It's mm-hmm. the right thing to do. And I don't need to go around and tell people, hey, I put that cart back, right? Mm-hmm. Or tell the guy that's pulling all the carts in, hey, just so you know, I'm doing you a favor. No, just do the right thing when no one's looking. Right. I believe that, you know, in the course of a day, if you do, and the way that I, I was taught to build character and to build my integrity, was in the course of the day, do five random acts of kindness for people mm. without telling them, mm-hmm. without telling someone else, and without even letting them know. Mm. Because if you come and you tell people, then it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. When, and when I say it doesn't count, I'm talking about within your own character, for your own conscious. If you go, if you need to go around and get validated and you know, recognition from people that I did, I, and what, what kind of things are those? Like really simple things. Like you see an old lady at the grocery store with a, a whole bunch of groceries, and she's you know pushing her cart. Go help her out. 
Mm-hmm. Just go help her out. You see a lady walking across the street, like an old lady or a pregnant lady or something like that, and, you, you know, you, you wait or you help her across the street if she really needs help. Or you see somebody about to walk through a door, hold the door open from them. Mm-hmm. Just hold the door open. Do it out of the, When you start doing things out of the kindness of your heart, you start living in your heart. And when you're living in your heart rather than in your head and yeah. expecting all this recognition, like those people that you say, they go and they feed the homeless and they film themselves. What's the point of that? Mm-hmm. What is the point of that? Like, you could have just done that out of the kindness of your heart and not yeah. broadcast it to other people. Yeah. And you never know whose life you're going to positively impact that way as well. You don't know what those individuals are going through. So you right. could you could make a really positive impact in that moment. Right. I, I still remember years ago, um, I was 17 or 18 years old, uh, I went into uh, to Subway, I was really hungry, ordered like a giant sub, all the toppings. The guy in front of, it, uh, in front of me said, uh, and um, I'm paying for this young man's as well, just a random guy yeah. paid for my sub yep. outright uh, and just said, uh, have a great day, pay it forward. And that was it. That was almost a decade ago and I'll never forget that moment. People do that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's random acts of kindness. Yeah. And he didn't need to go. It's funny. Um, there was one time I used to do this group in treatment called uh, Quest for Virtue. Mm. And we would Sounds try like to, a video game. We would try to take virtues like integrity mm-hmm. and see like what the, we would dissect the word and go deep and see like what the true meaning is. And mm. and I'm not to get off topic, but like no? one time we worked off and this kind of goes along with integrity was uh, one time we had this word righteous, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we had all these group members and we like took the word righteous. We, it was our word of the day for the quest of virtue, the virtue uh, the, of righteousness, right? What is true righteousness? And people gave their examples, but I just remember, distinctly remember this one guy. He was, he was a Jewish guy that uh, was trying to get into this Jewish academy and school, but he could not afford to go to this particular school because the price was too high. Mm. So the people in his community, in the Jewish community, um, tried to come up with ways of trying to put him in there, and he anonymously got this envelope mm. to, that was delivered to his house within a couple of days that covered the entire cost of the school. Wow. Nobody ever knows who sent that. That's amazing. No one, there was no name on it. <clears throat> Nobody tried to stamp their name on it to let them know that this came from us. None of that. The fact of the matter was that the envelope had the money in it, and it had a note and said, this is to help you get into the school. I, I can't imagine. It doesn't get any more righteous than that. Mm-hmm. That person did not need to let anybody know. They just did it out of the kindness of their heart. To me, that person has a lot of integrity. They, mm-hmm. they just, you know, it was like an unspoken, silent word. You just came and contributed, helped a person out to get somewhere, and you didn't have to talk about it. Mm. So that goes along the lines of, I think, doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Just do the right thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Um, Any other questions from audience? Not at this time. Okay. What? Okay. Let's see. What other examples of maybe maybe recovery-related to build character? Or other examples that people, you gave a lot of really great examples. Uh, we've talked a, a lot, but maybe what are some, what are some additional first steps? Maybe, well, people, maybe they, that, people that come into recovery a lot of times, I think um, old habits are hard to break. Mm. Or old habits that they have broken will resurface. Mm. 
Mm. Greed will definitely make you do things if you, you know, your ego is always there, I believe. Mm -hmm. And when people have, you know, some kind of a carrot dangled in front of them, um, they'll go for it sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's temptation, they'll go for it. And they will lie, cheat, and steal to get certain things to line their pockets, mm -hmm. to make them feel good, to get a cheap thrill, to get, um, you know, just like that feeling, the rush that they used to get from drugs and alcohol might come in other forms. It could be through sex. It could be through gambling, mm -hmm. you know. And, and then again, they go back into the secretive lifestyle. So the point of character building and to get out of that lifestyle is to do the random acts of kindness, do esteemable acts. Mm. Esteemable acts build self-esteem, as they say. Um, I just believe that when people do the right thing and walk straight, because you know, we all have a conscience. We know when, when something's wrong and right. Like my conscience tells me, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's my conscience. That's the good side of me. But my ego or my disease of addiction or my alcoholism will tell me, just do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one will know. No one will see. Just do it. Get away with it. There's a lot of people that claim to be sober that are secretly using and drinking, right? Mm -hmm. They go to meetings and all that stuff, but they're living a, sec they're living a double life. Mm -hmm. Or they're doing other stuff. Like besides not being, like maybe they're staying sober, they're not doing substances, but their behavior re relapsing, cheating on their wives, stealing from their job, embezzling money, stealing from their employer, all, the, all these different things. So when people are acting that way, what's the difference if you're, you know, you're really not in recovery? It's about honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, right? Yeah. Where's your honesty? And the best thing that, and somebody told me this um, years ago, he said to me, Pej, you can lie to me, you can lie to your girlfriend, you can lie to your sisters and brothers, you can lie to your parents, you can lie to God, you can lie to your sponsor, but you can't lie to yourself. Mm. And I, that just stuck with me. The way he yeah. said it, I was like, you can't. I mean, I know, you know, there's certain people that, that they're, they're just pathological, chronic, chronic pathological liars. Sure, yeah. So when they lie, <laughs> they, they get to the point where they say that those people sometimes believe their own lies. Mm -hmm. And I think for, for that type of person, like, they purposely believe their own lies so that they can put on a better poker face. Mm -hmm. But I think that truly, you know, a person knows when they're being dishonest, when they're not being honest. It's about the person trying to overcome their ego, their demons, their their alcoholism, their addiction, their addictive patterns. Try to overcome that to where you can identify what the difference between doing the wrong thing and right thing is and then distinguish which one you actually want to do and do the right thing. Mm. I mean, that's what we were always taught, to do the right thing, right? Yeah. But so many people fall off the course because they keep doing the wrong thing. That's why we have corrupt cops and politicians that sometimes mm. uh, later on they find out things about them because everybody's in their own respective field and lifestyle doing things based mm -hmm. off of either ego or the right thing. The right thing or the wrong yeah. thing. Are they in integrity or out of, out of integrity? I love it. These were some amazing examples. Hopefully you like this positive episode. And we're gonna just, we're gonna issue you a challenge. Do five things today for someone else. Do them tomorrow, do them the next day. And see how it, it helps you build integrity and become a better person overall. Anything else on this topic that I you want to discuss? Good. Awesome. Well, Remember something, oh. the eye in the sky does not lie. The eye in the sky does not lie. <laughs>
And you cannot lie to yourself unless you're a pathological liar. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Sober Grind. If you like the show, please help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, it, it is worth your weight in gold. It, it helps us grow, positively impact more people, and spread a positive message. We're available on every platform that you can imagine to listen to. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Hit us up. We love to talk to you. And if you ever have any questions, comments, topics, suggestions, we are always open to it. We also have an amazing Facebook group. Do you want to talk about the group? Facebook group that we have is called Ask an Addiction Specialist. Um, there's a link there. You can click on that or you can just type it up inside the bar. Ask an Addiction Specialist is a page where we have anybody and anybody that asks to be on the page. We will uh, you know, you basically send us a request. We'll let you in. You come in. You have a question. If you have a family member that's suffering, if you're suffering, if you have a loved one that you don't know what to do with or something with, we have professionals that are readily available to come and ask, answer any questions for you. And some people in the recovery community who have been sober for a while, um, you ask a question, ask an addiction specialist, and we'll try to give you the best answers that we can and try to help you solve your problem. Awesome. And, and lastly, if, if you or someone you know, loved one, friend, family member are struggling with substance abuse and addiction, please feel free to reach out. Pej is the man. He can help you out with interventions. He can help you out uh, in any regard. Um, please dial 800-387-6907 uh, to reach Beginnings Treatment Centers 24-7. Someone will be there to answer and help you out. Until next time. So we grind out. <laughs>